0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com.
1: What is up folks? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and boy, do we have an episode for you today. Today I am talking to Steve and Nick Balkan. They are in a band called The Balkan Brothers and it is just them two. They're a two piece and this was a really really fun conversation. Really, really got into some nitty-gritty details about baritone guitars and why Steve and I love them. So if you're looking for a baritone love fest, this is the episode for you. I want to get right into it, but I also want to say this is one of the best Patreon episodes that has happened in a while. The bonus episode that is attached to this, we go for about an hour, and we go to all kinds of crazy places we go so pizza-heavy, so, so pizza-heavy on the first part. You will think that we are just as big a nerds about pizza as we are about pedals, and you wouldn't be wrong. There's ghost stories. There's the craziest gig story I've heard in a very long time. This is a fantastic Patreon bonus episode, so if you've ever thought about supporting the show and wanting to get additional content, this is a great week to start, and there are hundreds of hours of bonus content back there for you should you choose to support over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Mob, and I really appreciate everybody who does that. It is a massive, massive help. I have just one small bit of business to get into before we dive right into this episode, and I want to tell everyone, because I haven't done it on this podcast yet, we at Stringjoy are giving away a Martin 00015. That's right. This month, if you buy anything from any of our dealers or from us, you can be entered into a contest to win a Martin 00015, or if you have an active subscription, you're automatically already entered. So go over to the StringJoy website for all the details and all the legal mumbo-jumbo, but it is right there at the top of the page. When you go to StringJoy.com, you'll see, in your order enters you to win a Martin 00015. I figured if you're listening to this show, you probably need strings anyway, and this is a fun thing that we are currently doing, so check it out at stringjoy.com. There you go. There's the plug. All right, that's enough business. Let's get into this episode with the Balkan Brothers. Here we go. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have Steve and Nick Balkan from Balkan Brothers, the band, the guitar shop, all kinds of stuff, and most importantly, pizza enthusiasts. So that's that's why we're here today. We're here to talk about all kinds of nonsense. So welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having us. We deeply appreciate it as well. Yeah,
1: but it was kind of funny once we started messaging because you know you you made the video with the slice of pie which was epic so thank you for grabbing one of those and uh, and doing that that was a lot
2: of fun I mean thank you for creating such a such an item I mean (laughs) (laughs) it's one of my prized possessions at this point
1: (laughs) (laughs) well shout out Grant he was the, the the Grant and Karen over there they were the real masterminds behind it and I was mostly just along for the ride um yeah they, they pitched the concept to me and i was like absolutely and a lot of time i've done other collaborations in the past and in, uh, in most cases there's a little more of me guiding the the way a little bit like oh let's do this and let's you know get it out there like this let's get it to this person and this part you know etc right. right. instead with this it was mostly like grant and karen would be on the phone with me and i'd be like uh-huh yep yep I like that. Mm-hmm. That's a good I idea. Guess. Yep. Yeah. That's a good idea.
2: <laughs> you know, sometimes you need somebody to tell you that your idea is uh is on point, you know? That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, no, they did an awesome job. Mm-hmm. And as far as um as far as just uh, a cool pedal that you know, for me, gear and pedals usually comes just as like a more utilitarian type of thing. Like mm-hmm. what do I need to get the job done and whatnot. So I'm not a big like pedal hunter, you know, but Mm -hmm. um, I saw that one and it just had to, I had to have it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like we, we love pizza. And if you have that pedal, you must love pizza. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know you guys love pizza and the folks at Big Ear, they love pizza. So Mm -hmm. um, it really just... Fantastic concept all around, (laughs) and that's really what got like why we're here in the first place. I guess because you know uh, you made making connections through crazy gear like a pizza pedal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's like what my whole life is at this point is just making connections through gear. Like the the gears, the gears cool, and I love the gear. Obviously, it's like my whole thing, but it's it's really about the people, and that's why the show just goes off into so many random directions
2: so well absolutely you know and what a wild thing that you can like meet somebody that way you know or or the internet in its crazy ways bringing people together and you know all kinds of ways but you know we've come together over a celebration of a pizza pedal (laughs) 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 which which is awesome to me i think that's great absolutely
1: absolutely Well, since it is about the people, I mean, tell me about yourselves. Obviously, you guys have a band together. You're brothers. That's pretty well established. That's Uh, it.
2: Well, you know, it really, that's the number one question we always get, honestly, is when people, uh, without fail, everywhere that we go, they ask us, are you guys really brothers? It's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, sometimes,
0: sometimes question.
2: Number one question. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you just took it for what it was and <laughs> well, assumed that we are actually brothers.
1: Uh, admittedly, I did, you know, I, I clicked your links, I did some digging, and I, I established that myself before right. doing too much assuming. So.
2: Right on, right on. <laughs> and, and we're pleased that you pronounced our name correctly, because that's the second thing that always happens. Oh, There's really? People, yeah, people say Balkan all kinds of different ways um and spell it all kinds of different ways too it's kind of one of these things that like we've we've like started collecting misspellings and mispronunciations of the name because you know people see the see the name and they could they could say the a or the u completely differently you know
1: that's interesting so normally i ask people beforehand yeah even if I, I'm pretty sure I know how to pronounce their name, normally yeah. I ask them just to make right. make sure I do the intro properly. Yeah. And then sometimes I still screw it up, but uh, that's me. You
2: nailed No, you nailed it. Was,
1: yeah.
0: Thank you. I was really thank happy you. about that. <laughs> Much obliged on that one. <laughs> I,
1: I just didn't feel I, – I I guess I need to be careful though because I just – I was like, no, that's Balkan. Like yep, nice it is. Like of course it is. Like, course right. it is. What else it would is. it be? That's it. Thank that's you. it.
2: But, <laughs> but, uh, but I guess that's where it starts, is we're we are family, you know. It's that's us. We're brothers. Um, we've been, you know, I've known Nick since since the cradle. <laughs> <laughs> since before he was born, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah, we started playing music together uh like in our early twenties. Um we had been playing music before that and you know doing all kinds of things together before that but um that's really you know people sometimes assume that we've been playing together our entire lives
0: and in a way we have but um when you you form the band yeah the band was formed 13 years ago maybe right that's where we're at 13 years of balkan brothers
3: Mm mm-hmm
1: and yep. what
0: were some of your inspirations? What like
1: made you even want to do that? Like I know, like I love my sister, but I don't know that I'd want to be in a band with her. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I
0: don't know if we ever really expected to be in a band together. We definitely were like on our own paths uh, through our teenage years, and then Steve moved to Boston. I went to college uh, in a different part of Connecticut, so we were kind of separate for a while. Steve was in other bands. I was in other bands, and then. Um, when Steve came home to go to guitar building school, that's when our band started. When his he kind of came home from Boston, went to Georgia, yeah, and that's pretty much it. We I started a band, and he he was at home, so we
2: we were we were separately in different musical arrangements, different bands, and different projects and things. And we both kind of moved back to Connecticut and back home at the same time. And we were like, oh, wait a minute, we could... You play, yeah. You you play drums. I play guitar. Let's let's make a band, (laughs) right? Sure,
1: sure. So you guys good things. Did you guys grow up in a musical household,
2: or was that something you discovered on your own? Uh, I mean, our a very creative household. Our parents are artists, and um, you know, love music for sure. But not not uh, our dad plays a little guitar, but he's not a professional musician by any means. Mm -hmm. Um, but our mom's an artist and does all kinds of creative projects and dad's a a wood carver and a uh you know craftsman yep. in that right and just surely big music musical influences coming from their record collections and uh we have an older brother too which oh, should okay. be noted because our older brother uh, like, you know, he's the original Balkan brother, really. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's the one that you know. We were we're closer in age, so our musical tastes, you know, were more similar compared to our parents' musical tastes. So, you know, his record collection, we we've pretty much stolen his entire record collection at this point. But, <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, growing up with with an older sibling, you're usually exposed to stuff that they are more aware of especially in the 90s growing up then it was like alternative rock mm-hmm. the whole the whole rock and roll scene in the 90s that's what we were growing up listening to yeah plus our parents like you know stuff from back in the day mm-hmm. yep. um, but yeah creative household i wouldn't say
0: i mean we N- had some uncles and aunts that were definitely musicians musicians and, yeah yeah um, our cousin plays too. He was in the band for a little while. So right, that's true. Know. Our older brother did play saxophone for a while. Steve played the trumpet. You know, there were a lot of underlying things that you know somehow came together for this. Our great aunt was like a guitar player or something. Yeah, yeah, great great, great aunt. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's in there somewhere. There's know? a lot
2: of art, artistic, creative blood flowing in the family. That's for sure. And um yeah, I mean, we started just drawing and painting do all uh, you know all kinds of stuff our mom our mom was always making us do some kind of art project or something back <laughs> in the day <laughs> yep. it just got us yep. creative you know yep. and so when when music came along and started playing guitar and whatnot just it's another form of being creative mm-hmm. definitely so um but yeah that's kind of it in a nutshell is the is the upbringing is uh, a creative atmosphere and, and encouraged to be so for sure you know like our mom was always telling us think outside the box have an open mind." taking us to art museums and stuff that we like didn't want to do as kids <laughs> <laughs> and now i'm appreciative of it you know mm-hmm. but uh yeah that's kind of how it was and just we're brothers so we're always horsing around and of course just being brothers uh, we played a lot of sports and you know uh our older brother especially was just just having an older brother i'm the middle Nick's the youngest and so we kind of like always had to team up against big bro our big (laughs) (laughs) brother our big brother mark because you know it had to be two against one to take him on so i think that actually has a lot to do with how we how we how we form you know uh our chemistry as a band Yep, for sure Mm -hmm. that that was that was kind of the beginning of it if you really want to Yep. get down to the, to the nitty gritty <laughs> let's yeah absolutely yeah it's funny how like so
1: many people and it's not necessarily always a brother but th- there's so many stories that i hear that start with sometimes an older brother sometimes a cousin sometimes a just a neighbor or whatever but there's always like this guy or girl just a couple years older that's yeah. like hey have you heard about this thing called punk rock or yeah you know, insert <laughs> yeah. whatever oh, here. Yeah. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> um yeah. And I, mean, I know i I did that for a few people growing up myself, like it, and people did it for me, so it's a yeah, well, uh, it's kind of you, a funny thing.
0: You
2: have people that expose you to what your brain all of a sudden thinks is cool or something, you know, and you're like, wow this is this is wild or whatever it hits you some some type of way, but yeah, that was definitely our older brother, our dad liked a lot of good music too though he was like into the Beatles and Dylan and Mm -hmm. Uh, lots of motown stuff and good musical taste but um yeah you know when we first started liking the stuff that we like it was like chili peppers nirvana rage against the machine Mm -hmm. um, that type of stuff that when, when we got exposed to it that was that was our stuff you know
1: yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird how that just happens with with all kids, pretty much. Really, if they're if they're inclined musically at all, or just really into it, I just remember bringing home some of the CDs I would bring home, and my parents were very tolerant of of my like, that's definitely not Dwight Yoakam that you're yeah. listening to in there, <laughs> <You> know, like. <laughs> Uh, Nothing
2: nothing against Dwight, but you know, (laughs) no,
1: I love Dwight, but, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, I bring home an unearth record or something and they're just like, mom's like, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Are you okay? Like, is everything fine?
2: Well, especially like, you know, in that era too, of if you grew up kind of, uh, in the nineties or two thousands or before, you know, but that's when we grew up, um, Mm -hmm. Buying records was different back then too, where, you know, hearing a record and bringing it home and, you know, now there's so much exposure to everything on the internet that it's, I feel like maybe a little less shocking if you're like into something crazy, but. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Back then you brought home and like cranked up. I remember our parents just being like the chili peppers they swear way too much you know it's like we, 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 were, we were really thrilled that the chili peppers records had a bunch of swears on them you know <laughs> <laughs> i was just cranking that stuff up or something like that you know we're like that doesn't even seem so shocking at this point but
1: right now we just talk about how he says california all the time
2: all the know? time yeah become <laughs> <laughs> a whole different thing
1: yeah yeah, it's, it's weird and how it changes generation, generationally too, right? Like Elvis was the most shocking thing ever, right? Yeah, and yeah. but that's just like what my parents listened to and it was totally normal. You, and, know, you
2: know, Elvis sometimes still I watch Elvis and it's like, man, this is heavy. This is some heavy stuff. So oh, absolutely. If you yeah. look at, if you look at it the right way, holy crap
1: especially you view it through the lens of the 1950s and it is shocking. It's like, well, no one was doing that, Mm -hmm. Yeah. but it it does make you kind of want to like take like time travel back and show them like a video of like, I don't know, like a knocked loose concert or something. Yeah. And just, (laughs) and just like, check this out. No, there there would be,
2: there would be uh, like religious riots and
0: stuff. (laughs) (laughs) There already was. There already was going on. To
2: Elvis and and
0: the Beatles The progression continues. Yeah. Yep.
2: But it, uh, you know, rock and roll spirit still, still very similar. Yep, you
0: mm-hmm. know, the core yeah, elements still the same. Yeah, we make... we. Oh, um,
2: go ahead. This this is going to get on a tangent, jump like way far ahead from where we were, but that's we, fine. It, it's uh, we recorded at Sun Studio. Um, so cool. Where you know, obviously, it's ground zero for Elvis, and you could feel like. It's it's a restored room, but they did a really good job at making it feel like it was still the 1950s in there, you know. Mm -hmm. And they even they even had a bunch of the original equipment and and sound stuff and uh, microphones and stuff, you know, like. Mm -hmm. um, And then we went in there, you know, blaring rock and roll music, but uh, you could still feel like this enduring rock and roll spirit in there that began in the 50s. Mm-hmm. and was still just as like, you know, it didn't feel out of place to play our like more modern type of rock and roll in there. No, not
1: not at all. I've I'd taken a tour through there. Uh, yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. The yeah. vibe is, is just right. It, like really, it feels, it feels good.
2: Yeah, it, it was super cool. Um, mm-hmm. We actually did two sessions there because uh, the first one got destroyed and we
1: had we to had do, it do it again
2: back. oh no uh, what? <laughs> what yeah it we got, got destroyed. lost
0: the whole album on one hard drive yeah uh, oh uh, we got yeah. one we got one song from it one but, song, yeah uh yeah we had to go back which which is fine you know that's what it, it, it's got to happen to every band like once it happened you know? the way it happened, and, and that's what mm-hmm. happened. So um the guy was cool about it yeah. and we we just got to do it twice which was even better <laughs> yeah
2: unfortunately we lost it but we got to do it twice right. which was kind of fun to record do
0: you feel like the second take was
1: better um it's hard to know yeah
0: I mean we did like we pretty much just ran our whole set those nights so it was kind of like all right we're kind of in a different place in terms of touring at this point so now we're gonna play all these songs and I feel like
2: yeah it was a different point in time it was like a yeah almost a year later right right so
0: oh wow so Uh, we you know it was just different I think I, I think they were both awesome but the one that the one that made it onto the album was like
2: it was still good. Yeah, it, was it was a little
0: heavier, maybe. Was, I think I think we played like a little heavier set. It was different vibe, and we didn't really go there
2: thinking, "Oh, like this is the album we're gonna make." We right. just we were like on tour,
0: booked a session, mm-hmm. played kind of a live set in the studio, and like saw what happened. Yeah, we picked our favorite songs out of like 25, 30 songs that we recorded. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. got it. Yeah.
2: The, the second set, the second uh, time was fun because we did it late at night, and the guy right. that runs it overnight. It, the guy that runs it, um, he was telling us Sam Phillips used to like to do the blues guys late at night because there was like, mm-hmm. l- you know, less hassle and he could get them in and they could just let loose and whatnot. So he was like, "Let's do a late night smoky blues session," and it was really really fun to be like, af- open after- all the doors, yeah. Like
0: the, ho- the homeless guys were coming in. The cops the co- were the coming cops in. Came in. Uh, really? Yeah, no, it was and it not was even warm. not
2: even to like bust up our good time to just like hang out. Yeah, They're they like, "Hey, what's going it? on?" Mm-hmm.
1: That <laughs> uh, sounds like Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sounds yeah, about right. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very Memphis. Very, and, yeah.
2: uh so yeah, I think the second set maybe was had a little bit more of that kind of uh dirty Memphis vibe going on, yep. which mm-hmm. is good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you're in I a love... place like Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I love Memphis. I yeah. really I I I we went there Several years ago, wow, it was a long time ago now that I think about it. Um, just and just by happenstance, like my wife and I are huge Lucero fans, yep. and j- we just accidentally scheduled our vacation down there during their like block party they do. Yeah, I was like, well, this is convenient, <laughs> <Good timing. laughs> like, yeah, which is awesome. But then, yeah, fast forward to now, and I, I don't know how familiar you are with that band, but um, the i've become friends with the, brian the guitar player so he was here just like a couple months ago hanging out twiddling knobs in the shed i'm like this is so weird nice this is just me talking on the internet it leads to the strangest places. that's <laughs> and that's
2: what i was that's what i'm saying earlier you never know like how how do you how do you meet these people and how do you cross paths but this is the modern way of doing a yeah, big
0: positive on the internet definitely.
1: yeah oh huge yeah huge my dad's constantly like wait you you're gonna do what you know who? Right. Like, i'm like and he's like how do you know them? i'm like well uh how do i know
4: them? Like, <laughs> instagram,
1: like, instagram 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 <laughs> yeah instagram <laughs> podcast the podcast is uh it's i i love it i love doing this this is a lot of fun for me but sort of on a weird professional level you know i'm, I'm in some podcasting groups and stuff and right. one one guy asked a question the other day he's like what's the most like surprising thing about podcasting, you didn't know when you got started, and I was like, I didn't realize that it's like a weird networking tool,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Now I can hit up people that I have no business talking to at all. Yeah, you know, like oh, maybe I'm a fan of this person or whatever. And I can I can hit them up with like not just like a question. I can be like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And, and most of the time, if they respond, the answer is yes. Right? right. And then all of a sudden, now not only that, now we're gonna sit down. And we're gonna. Just talk for an hour. Our phones are away. Right. We're looking at each other through a screen most of the time, but sometimes not. And we're just going to sit down and have a long conversation. Yeah. And there's not really
2: anything else like it. No. It's, it's wild. Uh, what a fantastic outlet to like dig, dig deep in with somebody too? You know, not even mm-hmm. just uh, uh, you know, when you used to interview people, uh, back. You know, even just a few years ago for, I don't know, an article or a a piece online or a magazine or something, you usually Mm -hmm. get like this much, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yep. But
1: And uh, and you get to provide context like you can be like, oh, well, you know, because otherwise it's like it's two brothers in a band. But it's like, but why are they in a band? Uh, you
2: know, like right. I want to hear it from them. You well, know? Uh, to get back to why we're in a band,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, <but laughs> we decided we could be in a band. But we also, around the same time that we like started playing together, we got arrested, and this was a big catalyst to the band too. And we, I was in a different band, and Nick was kind of just roadieing and hanging, hanging out, and mm-hmm. we ended up we were driving. Uh, up to Vermont or something. And, uh, we got nabbed in New Hampshire and it was a big moment where like, we went through this whole crazy experience of getting arrested and like having to deal with what happens with that. And nobody else was there. It was just the two of us, you know, it was (laughs) really, we only, we only, we went through this, this experience together. And it was like, I, you know, my, my, uh, band that i was playing with they took off like went to a party and we were like "Nah, i'm gonna go back home just go to sleep and like my band ends up having a great time at a party and we got arrested trying to go home
0: <laughs> and there was birth to band that and
2: was there something. was wow band. yeah because awesome. like who else who else can you have a band with at that life. point
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right you know i'm gonna to have to ask this question i also understand if you don't want to answer it right. for legal reasons but what did you get arrested for
0: uh well crossing state lines with what are now two legal substances yeah. <laughs> oh yep. that kind of nonsense you yeah, got that yeah mm-hmm. we got yeah, yeah we got which now <laughs> we didn't nothing would have happened we, we didn't kill anybody no. we weren't violent
2: <laughs> towards anyone it was <laughs> speeding
0: it was just uh yeah
2: uh, we were driving Not home drunk, at, nothing, at, at the but... wrong time of the night with a mm-hmm. bag of weed and some mushrooms
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and... both things that are legal in my state
0: as, as come on man as and, you know, was, you know?
2: <laughs> and here we are we started the band yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's worked out it's worked out just fine for us
2: yeah i guess yeah
1: so uh, that uh, never mind that's just irritating to me to even think about. But I mean, you know, we, yeah, we can, yeah, yeah, yeah we, we care. You can, can go
2: on a deep tangent about that stuff, but it was
1: but what it
0: got, was. We got a lot of songs out of that experience, <laughs> so maybe it was
2: maybe it
1: was all fine in the end. You got the songs out of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: So. We lived, mm-hmm. we lived. But uh, you know, what good rock and roll band hasn't had like a couple mug shots taken? So. Exactly.
1: Yeah, or at least you know should have.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right right so that was the beat
1: i definitely was- should have at a few different points in my life i should have had some mug shots but oh, I, got yeah, we should, I got away with we it should. <laughs> probably had
2: more than a few but mm-hmm. yeah you know, so usually the rock stars hit that point later in their career when they're spiraling out of control but we hit it yeah we started it we there. started
1: it you know. <laughs> he got it out of your system
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure for sure and uh now we're kind of you know leveled out a little bit
1: <laughs> right that's probably a good thing yeah i think that yeah get it done early then you're you can move on with your career yeah, and that's, now, that's for the best now there we got
2: go. now we got work to do yeah
1: yeah kind of like tim allen you know get the uh cocaine dealing out of his system when he's in his 20s and now he's a uh, super success he's buzz lightyear i guess so <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> never drawn that comparison but I can see
2: it. <laughs> We're basically in Buzz you. Yeah,
0: that's what I see. Yeah. That's what I
1: see. Yeah, man.
2: So,
1: so obviously, one of the other things that grabbed my attention, other than the video just being well done and funny that you did for the slice of pie, which everybody should go check out, go find it. The Instagram algorithm isn't always the kindest these days. So go right. to their page and find it. it uh, but there was the guitar. And my first immediate question, because obviously least I knew you guys were in a band. Right. Oh, this band tagged me. Let me check this out. Sure. Yeah. I was like, what is? And I'm pretty sure it's that black one that's right behind it's you. It's
2: right there. Yeah, it is.
1: And then that question was quickly answered by, like, oh, he makes guitars. That so is. how did you get into that? Uh, so, yes, this is... Just take it, down,
2: take it is, down. Well, I'll take it down in a minute, right. but it's a, a, a baritone guitar, which is kind of my thing lately which Mm. we can, we can go deep into baritone guitars in a minute, but, um, basically getting into guitar making, uh, like I said before, our father's a woodworker. Um, I, I, you know, it was just, I think it was inevitable after I started playing guitar that like guitar and art and how to combine those two, it's, it's pretty much guitar making. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, at some point, I had a crazy idea that I wanted to uh, make a guitar that was a mix of a Jaguar and a Stratocaster because those were like my two main guitars. Mm -hmm. And I drew up some plans and like went to my dad. He doesn't know anything about guitar making, but he's got a woodworking shop and whatnot and just said, Hey, can we figure this out? Kind of made like a rough, rough body. Didn't know how to make a neck. Didn't know how to make a, Oh yeah, it is over. It's, it's over here. But anyway, figured it out with my dad and that was like I got bit by the bug pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um just here's yeah, this That's is the, the body this is the of first the one. first one. Oh wow. So you can okay. see it. And if we describe <laughs> it, it's it's like the upper half of a Jaguar and the bottom half mm-hmm. of a Stratocaster. The shape's cool. Yeah. I actually have a more perfected this is like the first one when I didn't didn't know what I was doing, you know, so it's a little rough around the edges, but um yeah and then i just found uh i found a luthier that had a little small school kind of apprenticeship deal in atlanta and um went and studied there and just learned you know actually learned the craft for real um but i learned guitar repair restoration modification all kinds of things like that and then uh got into building and you know actually making guitars from scratch by hand um and that's yeah it really just was one of those rabbit holes that i opened up and i have never returned <laughs> <laughs> i'm only that happens yeah i'm only digging digging deeper so now uh i've got a guitar shop which we're sitting in right now balkan guitars mm-hmm. and um basically been running that since i finished my apprenticeship came back to connecticut and me and Nick started the band right about the same time
0: and yeah, it kind of coincided together. And we're surrounded by so many guitars right now. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, yeah, I've lot got of a, pr- a pretty, right
2: a now. pretty busy, uh, repair shop here. So I just have tons of guitars that I'm working at, on all, you know, in various projects and forms, but this guitar and this wall of guitars here is stuff that I've ba- built and made, which is mm-hmm. a whole different, like, side of it, you know, a whole different art form crafting them and repairing them. Um but uh yeah the one I was using in the video is this baritone right here.
4: Hi I'm Vincent and I'm here to talk about the Maris Mercury X. X. My dad's always going on and on about how cool Maris is. He really went off on one about the Mercury X the other day. He said something about a forty eight hundred sample rate, and 99 preset locations in 33 banks? And something along the lines of the most advanced reverb pedal ever devised by man? That's all true, but I only care about one thing. This pedal sounds sick. So make sure you check out the Mercury X and all the other fine products at Marist.us. As well as fine retailers worldwide. All right, Dad, all now right. can I have my talkie?
1: How exactly do artists get their music on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, all these services? How in the world do you get your music there? Well, in the past, you had to use something called a record label. But these days, you can use DistroKid. DistroKid is the absolute easiest way to get your music up on streaming services, and it's the most affordable way to do so. Not only do plans start at $22.99 for the entire year, that's less than 2 bucks a month, DistroKid also does not take a cut of your streaming revenue, unlike some other services out there. Even better if you sign up by going to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. That's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. One more time, that's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. You'll get 30% off. That's right, 30% off. They're already extremely reasonable prices. So go to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid and get your music out there. Yeah, let's go through that thing a little bit. I want to know more about what's going on there. Yeah,
0: so this guy. So for
1: the listeners, it's a black, sort of. I don't know how would you describe that. So
2: it's an kind of stratty, but not. It's an offset. It's it's Mm -hmm. the shape is based off a jaguar mostly. Um, Mm -hmm. It has a left-handed Stratocaster tremolo, so that's kind of what makes it look stratty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the upper horn is kind of you know curved around a little bit more. In reference to like Les Claypool's, Carl Thompson's, and also Ah. and also a bit of like Lemmy Rickenbacker influence in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pointy, like kind of like the pointy horns here. Um, Obviously, you can see there's a whole bunch of pickups in it. I can, and it's just got it's got a a humbucker and a single coil going to one output. That's just guitar stuff there, and then it's got these bass pickups here, which are. Split, uh, it's a it's a P bass pickup, a Demarzio, but they're, sp- okay. they're split into their own individual pickups, and so there's a, a toggle switch here for the bass pickups, and a you know tele slider kind of switch for the guitar pickups. I love. And that. these two is kind of the same idea as like a neck and a bridge pickup, but they're the bass pickups, and they only sit under the low strings. Mm-hmm. So this one gets the low three this one gets the low four and that's basically it It has its own output that one goes to a bass amp the guitar stuff goes to a guitar amp it all makes so much sense now and yeah and it's a baritone so Mm -hmm. just inherently um this is a 27 inch baritone you knew i was gonna ask that question. yeah you know there's a whole there's a wide range (laughs) it's like you can have I mean, people are doing these short-scale, like, 25-and-a-half-inch-scale baritones now. Um, it's kind of fun, yeah. And then there's, like, the super-long 30-inch baritones um, and somewhere in between. I like the 27, though, because uh, I think it's the most comfortable and it's, and it's the most familiar. It's basically the same exact interval measurements as your standard, like, 25-and-a-half-inch Strat scale except mm-hmm. it's extended, you know? Um, so the way that the frets feel and the width of them is, it's like playing a strap. You just have a few more frets down at the low end here. Mm-hmm. Um, super comfy. And I tune it in B. I tune this one in B anyway. I got another one that I have for slide that's open B. Sweet. Um, and yeah, and then the swirl. That's my swirl there. I like the swirl. Yeah. The swirl's nice. Yeah, this is, car- this is carved in there. And uh, yeah. instead of just slapping my name on there, that would be cool to do like a little art piece on the headstock, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: You've managed to do something that's really hard, which is to make something unique uh, that also still looks cool and like it probably has existed in the past, but it obviously has not. That's very challenging to do from a guitar design perspective. Yeah,
2: I know. Well, you know, they really knocked it out of the park early on as far as, as far as design goes. And as far as I'm concerned, everybody's just chasing the classics. Mm -hmm. There's some cool modern, you know, innovations happening for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really, uh, this this one, you know, included is an ode to like so many other designs. You know, this this right. is just what I personally liked. I was like, these are all my favorite elements. I'm gonna slap them together, and it took mm-hmm. a long time to arrive at this particular design and setup. You know, because it really came out of like I said, a, a utilitarian type of thing first, where we started doing this duo thing um because we had iterations of the band before that was a trio uh quartet we had horn players other guitar players bass players the the whole thing you know Mm -hmm. um and then we just started doing we started doing the duo thing just out of necessity because nick and i were always down for gigs but the rest of the band wasn't always down for gigs and we're like, you know, whatever. We'll start doing just guitar drums, super stripped down, kind of, you know, old school white stripes, black keys style. Um, mm-hmm. Regular guitar, no fancy bass pickups or anything like that. It was just, just a loud <laughs> guitar, loud drums. Uh, but after a while, I was like, you know, I think there could be more to this because I always loved rock bands that had a really prominent bass, you know going on like Primus and the Chili Peppers and Zepp- Zeppelin and the Who yeah. and like you know you think of these big
0: riff rocking bands yeah we love Flea and freaking Les Claypool those are our favorites yeah, yeah. so we mm-hmm. needed some bass in there we you just get, had to figure out how we were going to add it and shape it over the years
2: and and without having like a, a backing track or you know it had to be something natural you know it had to be something that we could we do a lot of sort of free flow and improvised type of stuff and and it wouldn't work using a backing track or something right um though a
0: lot we of jam a lot you know yeah, we, we do we a improvise lot. so much during the shows that yeah um there's a lot of jamming happening but adding adding the split signal with the bass amp it, like we have so much low end now when you see us live and not like running we run like some sub drum machine stuff where you can hit some really low stuff and we're we're running a lot of bass yeah
2: consciously yeah, uh, we always get the thing of like what are you guys you don't like bass players what's what's you know what's your problem why, <laughs> why is there only two people and it's like no we, we love bass you know we love that big fat low end and i always love playing bass myself you know like I, I build bass guitars i'm a very rhythmic type player so um i always just kind of connected with with the rhythm section like that anyway mm-hmm. and So, trying to figure out how to play some type of low end, and still have you know a a big sounding band sound um, with the guitar and the drums and whatnot, it was like it became really interesting to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And not only musically, but like I started learning how to build instruments and stuff. And I was like, well, I I got to figure out how to make something that can do this you know like it can play it can do low frequency based stuff it can do mid-rangey high-end guitar stuff um and then i played a baritone guitar in a studio and it was just like lightning bolt moment you know i mm-hmm. like oh my god not only is it just really comfortable for me because i'm kind of tall and lanky and you know the bass always felt a little too long but a guitar kind of almost felt a little too short to me and i was like this fits me this is this is me i should have been doing this my entire life you know Mm -hmm. um and then and then just the idea of like how it's physically set up and designed to have bigger strings longer scale length lower tuning even if you just play it acoustically without any of the Fancy, you know, signal switching and stuff. Mm -hmm. It it can do that. You know, it's like set up to be this instrument that plays this bass and mid-range melody thing at the same time. You know.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the the baritone really is a game changer. I've let's just like ranted and raved about how much I love baritone guitars on this so many times, but the amount of listeners that I've got that are messaging me now, they're like. You were talking about baritones. So How much I finally got one. Yeah. Now I get it. Yeah. I understand. Those scale like a Squire, which those are great. Yep. I like those things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And the they their whole world changes. And then- <laughs> I've been
2: I've been completely converted. And honestly, you know, I've got a guitar shop here, so I get a lot of uh, lots of guitar players coming in, and um, there's a whole you know population of guitar players and just. You know, musicians and regular people don't even know that a baritone guitar exists, you know, that it's like a, right. a thing. And I'm probably a little like you where I'm spreading the gospel of baritone guitar because it's just absolutely completely changed my entire life. You know, like my entire creative process of thinking about guitar and guitar playing is now related to, oh, well, how, how could that happen on a, or how could I do that in the baritone guitar? How could I arrange this tune? With the baritone guitar now instead of Mm -hmm. – and it is kind of a different feel to just tuning a regular guitar down, which can work um, for all kinds of great things. But having the bigger strings on the longer scale length, it's like – it's its own instrument, you know. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's almost as different as bass guitar to regular guitar, you know. Yeah,
1: well, and it's, I think, especially playing in a more like stripped down band context, like, for instance, like all my music I record, I record by myself. And my whole first record was primarily baritone guitar. Nice. Like it was just baritone guitar into the most insane effects arrangement going out to multiple amps with the, uh, the, the amps were miked, the room was miked, and then I just went in and like, all right. I played, played the crazy, weird, scary horror music and then, you know, went back in and post and, and played around with it till I could get it all to work together. But it's mostly just me. Most, most of the tracks are one page. Yeah. So nice. not all of them, yeah. but, um,
2: that's, that's but, the way to go.
1: Yeah. And so I find like having that extended range, but also still being able to play high stuff. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it would be hard to do on a bass, mm-hmm. Right. It wouldn't really, right. right. Yeah. Work. But being able to go to both ends, yeah. and kind of play in that that wider spectrum, yeah, that, uh, is nice when you're you're by yourself.
2: Well, and <laughs> you know the next step is you just have a drummer, and so it's basically, you know, this is the only melodic instrument in the band other than you know so, sort of the way that Nick plays the drums. But the drums are the drums, and mm-hmm. this is, that that's really what it is is opening up the spectrum. You are playing with a wider swath of sonic frequency and especially you know having different inputs um different amps and stuff
3: you're really
2: opening up a giant pandora's box of what can be done it's like uh i really think that you know there's not too many baritone guitar players that you can pick off the top of your head you know there's maybe like a, 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 a handful, a couple handfuls maybe that you could think well, like,
1: um, oh, who is... And even some even some of it, you, you know, it's they used it differently than I think a modern player would. You go back and you think about like the Tic Tac bass stuff in the country right. music back and then and I'm like, that's not really what I'm... It's cool. Right. That's not really what I'm talking about. That's not quite the
2: same yeah, thing. Yeah, there's so much room to really get creative with it. Um, mm-hmm. And it almost like it's almost the same idea as uh, like a piano or an organ or something where you can play that low end stuff and still have melodies happening up here. And if you, it's not exactly the same, you know, but if you think of that idea where Mm -hmm. um, there's multiple options of melodic and tonal things that can happen in different ranges, you know, Uh, like, as a a musical composer and an arranger it's it just opens so much to where when you just have a a normal guitar not that there aren't plenty of masterful great normal scale guitar players that have done a million beautiful things you know but uh, of
1: course most of my guitars are normal quote-unquote normal guitars right right. sure and
2: you know Mm -hmm. that's what i've learned on too so Mm -hmm. um but just to think about it musically when you're like oh wow There's this whole extended low range that I've never been exposed to and never even thought about, like, what would I do with it if I had it there, you know? Um, That's, you know, that's really what the baritone guitar has done for me and for our music, for sure, where it's like, oh, man, I could literally write a bass part and that would be the basis of the song, you know? Like, instead Mm -hmm. of coming out the instrument always from all right, these are the guitar chords. We're going to write a section and then kind of have a soaring guitar solo that everybody loves to to do in here. And it's, you know, I, obviously I'm no exception. I love playing a good soaring Jimi Hendrix solo. But uh, to think about the guitar in, in more of like the rhythmic, low, big riff, rumble type thing of how the heck am I going to make a bass line out of this and a guitar part like that that to me is a uh, super super interesting area to to explore
0: if you check out mm-hmm. our new album our first single is called dennis chambers and it's like a bass jam in the beginning of it so just bass and drums before so- the wah comes in and when he plays with the wah, it sounds like there's multiple people playing and that's after people asking us if our, how to say our last name and if we're brothers. They always ask, <laughs> where's the other people in the band? Because they walk into the club and they're like, it sounds it? like you're like a five-piece band. Yeah, where's the other guys? So that's mm-hmm. how, that's kind of how you can accomplish that.
1: Yeah, and thinking about it, it took me actually like getting a baritone. I think, like I said, I actually got a baritone seven string was my first extended yeah. range. It's actually that that black one right back nice. there. It's a, a Rony Paramore, and I think it's the only one that exists. Wow, all <laughs> so right. It, yeah um but i didn't know what to do with it at yeah. first i was confused oh, yeah. and then i got a six string baritone shortly there afterwards and then i started understanding the seven right more, right which then led me to the the eight string uh, um, oh no you're which i'm still figuring out a slippery
2: slope man <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know just keep be jared dines before oh, i know it, you're right? gonna like, end up uh, with one
2: of them 17 string <laughs> ones <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man uh, i have a story for you but i'll have to tell you off right. there anyway <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yes like uh to your point the six string baritone you know uh it more or less you can play it like a normal guitar it's like a little bit more familiar you know and mm-hmm. i think that's a good spot to start because i really do think um not just because i like to think about the baritone guitar you know is some special thing but i think that it's like Kind of an untapped area. It's it's just starting to, to that people are digging down the rabbit hole of the baritone a little bit more, and uh builders are building them a little bit more. You know, there's like uh, some more options out there than kind of like you only had the weird Fender Jaguar ones that they don't make anymore, or the the Dan Electro ones, which aren't you know, they a little yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, they, yeah, they can be a little weird, <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know i think it's a cool area that's that um i don't know you can do a lot of cool stuff with it you could do heavy stuff obviously but you could do lots of really funky grooving uh kind of just like r&b and funk and soul type stuff with it too um Mm -hmm. blues for sure i don't know it's it's really endless
1: yeah and we're starting to see that reflected on the uh string joy side of things too. Like, we have a, a 13 and a half baritone set. I mean, we have custom sets right. too, but uh, the 13 and a half baritone set is really nice, yeah. uh, on, on B tuning and like 27 inch scale guitars. Actually, it's primarily when people ah. ask us, like, try this first, yeah, you know? yeah. What does it- uh, but we're seeing that that pick up just naturally yeah. it from people obviously are picking these up more and more and more because we're selling more and more of those sets. So. Yeah, I Yeah.
2: What what does it go down to? A 60 something? 60 Scott's the
1: expert with this. I'm just like send me that yeah. set. <laughs> um it's uh 64 I think. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I'll have to I'll have to look after. Nice. But um I believe that's what he's oh, going to do. He's probably going to hear this and be like, no, it's not. It goes to a 68. Yeah.
3: Know. Uh, well,
2: either, <laughs> either way, I'm going to check it out because, uh, you know, that's one thing also that's like kind of hard to find. You know, you go into a, a guitar store, even just your online outlets or wherever, and it's like, you've million guitar strings. Um, or you walk into a guitar store, anytime I go to a, a store to check out gear or whatever, we're on tour, and we're like, let's check out a shop. I'm always looking for a baritone guitar because –
4: and they mm-hmm. maybe have because they, yeah. they maybe
2: have one, you know, like, and if I'm lucky, uh, if we mm-hmm. go to a good store, maybe they'll have more. But um, yeah, it's like one of these weird things that you can't just go to the store and be like, hey, can I have your nicest baritone guitar string and try out your nicest baritone guitar? You know, it's, it's kind of almost like back in the day when you had to hunt down stuff a little bit more. Um the baritone's yep. still a little more elusive so <laughs> which can be fr- <laughs> we're trying to be frustrating at times but um mm-hmm. yeah the the uh uh I use a lot of string joys in the um in the guitar shop here I've seen a lot of people bringing them in oh, Well thank yeah, you. Yeah I I I don't um I've been using the Diodario um baritone set cuz I can just get them kind of easily but I may check out the the string joy ones too cuz um, like I said, it's always good to experiment a little bit and, and, and when the <laughs> options are limited, you can only experiment so much.
1: Well, yeah, we can, uh, we can talk about that after the show too. That'll be, that'll be fun. On. So we, we got plenty of, plenty of things to play around with. That's half the reason we exist as a company.
2: So. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but, yeah. um, it's good to hear that people are getting into it because, uh, like I said, for the duo thing it works incredible you know it's like of course exactly the thing that if you're going to be in a duo band you probably it, it would be the way to go you know mm-hmm. um 100% and you know i saw people like um local h they were doing the duo thing and he you know he just kind of has the the stratocaster with the bass pickup in it but i saw mm-hmm. hit, i saw that stuff and i was like oh my god putting a bass pickup in a baritone guitar that that was yeah. the ticket you know it, it mm-hmm. took me years to figure that out but um, now splitting the signals at the source is is the way to go you have so much control over everything
1: that's right yeah and it's interesting that that isn't a little more talked about because like Rickenbocker's have been doing something sort of similar not exactly the same yeah. thing but They've been splitting the signal. That you know, a lot of people are like. How does that work? It just splits the pickups. That's right. You does. got one so.
2: going this way, that yeah. way. But at that point, you can treat them completely differently. You know, and yes. make all kinds of crazy sounds, which is the whole point of why we play music <laughs> 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 it's to make all kinds of crazy sounds. But absolutely, one hundred percent. it's really, it's just really fun too. Yeah, I really just enjoy it and find a lot of uh, a lot of satisfaction in like. Playing the bass notes and trying to figure out, like, oh well, we're doing this tune. What would the bass player do? What would the guitar do? And also, on the other side, I think it makes the guitar playing different too. You know, it like because I have to use my thumbs a lot and mm-hmm. keep the keep the bass grooves going. You know, keep at least something there. And when you're when you're yeah. playing like that. Your fingers have to play like the guitar stuff and the chords and whatnot that you would normally play in a different way just because because of the way that you have to use your hands, you know mm-hmm. um and yep. and so it's it's almost impossible for me to play the same way that I would if I was freed up with an actual rhythm section you know mm-hmm. uh and I think that's pretty interesting, you know when I see people that can do that or uh it's really like an old school blues country finger picking type thing where they played melody lines and chords with their fingers and thumped a bass line or drone drone to string or something. It's, it's like mm-hmm. that same exact idea, except you're using amplification to like further, further separate and amplify everything, you know, um, which I think is really cool. Cause,
4: the, cause, it, cause it the is. guitar
2: has kind of like made its way into a, a whole bunch of different ways of playing but like electric rock guitar you think of there's kind of a style that's been established of this is how you play this certain way you know mm-hmm. um, and trying to do loud fuzzy riff and rock it, in a in like a finger picking type way is is kind of strange
1: We are brought to you today by Sweetwater, specifically the gear exchange. You may have heard about this. This is a place where you can go to buy and sell your used gear. Maybe you got a pedal over there that's just kind of collecting dust. Maybe there's something you've been eyeing from the Sweetwater catalog. Well, right now is a great time to turn that unused gear into something you're actually going to use. Even better, if you sell on the gear exchange, you can keep 100% of the sale as long as you choose a Sweetwater gift card as your payout method. That is not too shabby, because let's be honest, most of this buying and selling we do is just to fun new gear purchases. And that is a great way to reach a wide variety of customers and keep 100% in your pocket, or rather, on your pedal board. So go check out the Sweetwater Gear Exchange and turn that unused gear into something that's actually going to help you write that next huge riff.
4: Hello there. I'd like to introduce you to your new best friend, the Chase
1: Bliss Audio, Lossy. Lossy is a collaboration between Chase Bliss and Hertz. It's meant to give you some control over those weird digital artifacts that come with every compressed audio. You're getting it right now. All the changes that are taking place are strictly coming from my playing dynamics. I'm just interacting with the pedal and letting it do its thing. And some true stereo goodness. If you'd like some more details about Lossing, I invite you to head over
4: to chaseblendsaudio.com going
1: to like what you doing. <laughs> a yeah. little bit. It's a little bit yeah. out there. But you're right, it is a little little bit of a throwback because you know the the bass guitar as 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 established as the bass guitar is. There was a long time where guitar existed and bass guitar did not. Right. There was upright right. bass you know there was that but until the p bass came out there was no electric bass that wasn't thought of that wasn't a thing so they had to figure out how to fill out that range by themselves and that's where a lot of those styles come from and we did we've kind of slipped away from it as as the rock band as we know it is you know at least a three-piece usually right yeah and so that some of the that stylistically has just changed a lot so that's an interesting point that you bring up about like it's actually kind of thrown it back to right that stuff.
2: but also you know cranking it up to jimi hendrix volume and you know sure <laughs> and that's mo- <laughs> that's more or less just all it is this is really loud rock music but like you know if, if i'm gonna do we have we have a joke in the band that the bass player his name is Thumbbone. And So we're always like Give it up for thumb bone, thumb all night, but it's just yep. a lot, it's a lot of this, you know, just the the thumb going on the on the root notes, you know. And I have mm-hmm. to just yep. hit uh, hit notes with my thumbs and my fingers, kind of like this. Nick calls it the lobster claw. <laughs> so I'm, but I'm playing like this a lot, you know, instead of like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I'll use a pick sometimes too. Though if we have some big heavy riffing stuff, I kind of go back and forth, but. Um, right. but it just, you know, general point is, it's just really kind of interesting to think about it in a different way where it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. the music kind of started sounding different at that point too, you know, where we recorded a few albums with the bass player, kind of bigger band style and more sort of generic, like power trio, rock and roll blues style stuff, which is great. But, um, the stuff that we're doing now is like a little bit more exciting to me just creatively because you have mm-hmm. to think about it so differently
1: totally well we are approaching the end of the podcast and i got a couple of classic questions to get right into on. one of which i think might take a little while yeah. so we better get <laughs> let's, started let's do it <laughs> um but before i do that i like to give the guests a chance to you know take the stage uh shout out anybody you want to shout out plug anything you want to plug you know there's a few thousand people you can tell about whatever
0: you want to tell them right now.
2: What do you want to tell them, man?
0: <laughs> well, just check out our website balkanbrothers.com, that's our band. Check out Steve's guitar website balkanguitars.com. B A L K U N. That's it. Um, we're always on tour playing um, all across the the globe and um, we'll, you know, we'll be rocking and rolling. We get we just put out a new album called 735 farmington Ave. we'll be putting out another new album coming up we're writing some new songs yeah there's always new stuff going on yep say hi to our mom
2: (laughs) (laughs) if we don't say hi to mom we're in trouble
1: i can hear yeah absolutely you don't want to you don't want to run that risk she might hear this and be like you didn't say hi to me (laughs) beautiful beautiful all right first question what is your favorite boss pedal uh,
2: so do you have a favorite boss pedal? Do you even know what a boss pedal is?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I'd say mine, um, I got the digital delay, digital delay three. Three. I classic. might be my oldest pedal. I can't remember like maybe my Wawa, but I've, I've since had multiple Wawa's and swapped them out. But I think the first, DD three that I ever bought when I was like sixteen or something. That's I still have it and mm-hmm. still use it. It's, it's been a, the the only one that's still there from like my first ever. If I had to get a pedal, it was going to be the, I it had to have some delay, you know.
1: Yeah, it does the job. It sounds great. I love the DD three. It DD3. does, it, it does everything answer.
2: for me. You know that I need, and mm-hmm. the fact that it's still going. You know, I have pretty much like kick the sh- the crap out of it. So as I do most of my gear, but that one, most of the pedals I've have, have either come and gone with that one, man, workhorse. Yeah.
1: Bosses are pretty indestructible. I did a video, uh, torture testing a Behringer pedal and the bunch of people were like, okay, cool. Now do it with yeah. boss. I'm like, that's going to take two weeks to yeah. go. <laughs> you have to th-
2: throw it down the Grand Canyon or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think it might survive.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, they, they are, there's something about the geometry of that square, you know? The mm-hmm. rect, the wrecked. Very strong stuff. Say,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right.
0: Well, Nick, I don't want to leave you out of this. So, what's your favorite kick drum pedal? How about that kick drum it? pedal? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I'm using right now is DW nine thousand. I love the five thousand. We have that on the practice kit in here. Uh, that's probably my longest pedal. I did have Pro eliminators for a while, but DW nine thousand for my double pedal all day.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, we need we need that double uh, pedal. Yeah, um. for sure. Double bass is key <laughs> in our band. Absolutely, it's a key in every
1: band as far <laughs> as <yeah>. I'm. Aware. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it,
0: but I like it.
2: (laughs) It's part of, you know, it's part of the bass sound. It really is like, they got to
0: come together. If
2: you don't have, if you don't have a Mm -hmm. bass, a bass player, the bass, the way that Nick plays the bass drum mimicked you know, you know, coinciding with like my thumb bass. Yeah. It it all works to make this imaginary bass player happening.
1: (laughs) Thumb bone, the imaginary bass. Exactly. (laughs) Thumb bone. (laughs) All right, final question, and this is where I think we might we might extend the episode a yes. little bit yeah. here. I'm ready?
2: What's your what's your favorite kind of pizza? So, uh, if you know yourself. well, if you know anything about uh, Connecticut, we are in, we are from, born and raised Connecticut Connecticut Connecticutians. I don't even know what, what you call somebody from Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Connecticut? Connecticut's? I, don't I don't know. know. Ooh, we, we got a fresh pie over here. We love all kinds of pizza. I must preface this. We are just Mm -hmm. uh, pizza fanatics. Um, And when we're traveling around and touring and whatnot, it's one of the top things. I mean... Almost every traveling, touring band probably hits a lot of pizza places. but
0: Hey, that's why we're here, right? Yeah, it, re- it really that's is. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. But it's we love pizza so much that... Uh, We've
0: been waiting to open that pedal for like months. It's we, been sitting in my studio. We hadn't opened it. We were waiting for the perfect pizza moment.
2: We really were. We Oh, we wow. This, we, knew, we saw the box and we we're like, oh, man, this we is too good. We didn't even look at it. It's too good. And we just ended up being in New Jersey and going to that pizza We knew place. we were going to
0: go to the Crispy Pizza and that was awesome.
2: It was really good, but the box looked exactly like the the uh, the fuzz box. Like the, I <laughs> yeah. noticed that. And yes, it, it's just, <laughs> it just happened to work out. We did not plan it at all. We just were like, I think we have the the pedal with us, and this box looks amazing. Like we had to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But so back to our favorites. So our favorites, you know, obviously Connecticut is known for for New
0: Haven style upbeats. Our grandfather always took us to Pepe's. It's what we grew all up the original
2: on. Pepe's forever. Yeah, we mm-hmm. have a bunch of family. Our mother's family is from New Haven. And we still go there regularly. It's like a religious experience for every us. time. And if if you come to Connecticut, to, have you ever been to Connecticut? I I drove through it
1: one time uh, uh, on my way to Boston, right. uh, and we were kind of kind of in a hurry, so we didn't yeah, really that's, stop. Yeah, right. that, that's pretty much. My wife and I keep talking about like specifically going to New gotta Haven. Got to do it. I want to go. I gotta hit Sally's. I gotta hit Modern. I gotta yeah, hit Pepe's. Yeah. I gotta, gotta
0: hit, do it. Yep. Our um, grandfather swore yes. by Modern. We always, you know, we've gotten Sally's on stage with us plenty of times.
2: Yeah, but I don't know, Grandpa Vinny, He was a big,
0: pe- he was a yeah. big Pepe's guy. So too, you know, so. We, we we go to mm. Worcester Street quite frequently. Yeah, um, but up by mm-hmm, us, mm-hmm. but
2: up by us. If you're talking about
0: the regional,
2: the regional specialty of the Balkan Brothers, of what like, well, what we is, grew up, what on. we grew up on this. Is called Park Lane Pizza. Can you even see it? Oh, and what it, oh what there it we is, go. Oh yeah, yeah, got, yeah. We've got okay. black olive here because that is a specialty of ours. I we do love like a yogurt, black olive salty black oh, olive. Nice. All right. And uh mm-hmm. but what it is is a Greek style pizza, which might yeah. be yeah, yeah. sacrilegious growing up in an Italian family, but uh, this is what we grew up like. This place is right down the street from our house, and you know it's like somewhere in between, like a Sicilian and a, Greek. And, a and a New York style. Like it's a little thicker crust, okay. almost like a pastry crust, almost. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they've been around for over fifty years 50 now. Long, long time establishment. Like our dad used to go there in high school and whatnot. And um, old school place. Real old ovens. They they cut it. They, oh, yeah, it looks they, good. It's oh, a circle oh. pizza, but they cut it into squares. So you get these little like side triangles, pieces, and then mm-hmm. you get like square pieces. Oh, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> but, <let me laughs> oh, man,
1: that looks right good. But this one, this.
2: you know, honestly, it would probably be mm-hmm. one of those places if you're driving down the road, like you wouldn't even stop at it, you know. Uh, but if mm-hmm. you go in it, it's like, it's like, Throwback to the seventies. Nothing has changed. You know, it, it it's like still that. all this, the the guy that owns it is like a hundred years old and s- still is there every day.
0: And it's got the jukeboxes on the tables. Yeah, the
2: little jukeboxes and the the, the brown wood paneling. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. So, so this that's,
2: that's probably I
0: would have to say our favorite
2: real pizza. O- real Parkland old school pizza. Parkland West Pizza, West Hartford, Connecticut. Um, and if you ever come to Connecticut, we'll definitely. We we will definitely give you a tour of the good New Haven stuff, but this is a this You'll is a good a stop too by. if you come up. Hartford area has a lot of this Greek pizza going on. I don't know why, but there's several places that kind of do this thing. Um, mm-hmm. And we also have the Pepe's is kind of like franchised out, so there's one in in West Hartford, not too far from here. Yep. Um, but the original one, you got to go to New Haven. Yep it's something the just, oven the water some, there's something the about whole, the oven the whole
0: operation is yeah. just
2: different It it really is amazing um but like we said we love all kinds of pizza and we like the deep mm-hmm. dish we like the um i mean there we've been to places where the pizza isn't so great and we really appreciate living living <laughs> in in a area of the country where we are spoiled with just like great pizza all over the place um mm-hmm. But I will say, I can't not mention that our grandma, Grandma Balkan used to make a serious grandma style pizza. true. And true. If if we were to, and that's where
0: Steve lives now, this is this is I, uh, I actually live, I' bought my grandma's house. Yeah.
2: So there, there's, oh, <laughs> there's nice. a lot of uh, like gram, Grandma's spirit here, but she had this pizza. I don't know if you've ever seen like uh, East Coast grandma style pizza.
1: I have I, so, no, I've had yep,
2: it yep, well in a restaurant, so, but yeah, you know, sauce on top, cheese underneath, where there's sometimes par- parmesan mm-hmm. shake it on the, the par- on the parmesan sauce. a lot of oregano, and she would cook it in like a a baking sheet, you know, so it was a big square sheet, something about the the crisp of the of the uh the crust, I don't even know how she did it, like if there's one pizza, Grandma's not around anymore, unfortunately, but if there's one pizza that like I could have again. I would kill for grandma Balkan yeah. pizza. Yep. Just th- that oh, old school man. Italian. Amen to that. Grandma style pizza. It was so good. She used to come over and just make us like sheets and sheets and sheets of them. That sounds yeah, it, it really was. It was really, really, really <laughs> good stuff. So that's like that and Parkland pizza are what we really grew up on. Um, and then, you know, the New Haven si- side of the family, we'd go visit them
0: and – our dad used to live in Chicago. So we got the deep dish as well. Yeah. Love.
2: Yeah. We got, we got a, a pretty good, uh, uh,
0: pizza education growing right. up. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. There you go. there's absolutely, that's pretty much, uh, equal to anything we've accomplished in our career is knowing all that. Is, yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it is, it, it, if there's one thing. It's like we lived through just
2: making rock and roll, oh, playing yeah. with guitars and instruments and like pizza, you know? Yep. And so, Bringing it mm-hmm. all back around when we saw this pizza pedal. Like, I, it was a must I saw it up. I think I was on your page already. And then you, you guys like announced this pizza pedal. And it was like, uh, you know, I showed it to Nick. And I was just kind of like, cool, look at this thing. And Nick was like, we need it. Let's buy it right now. How much is it? <laughs>
4: <laughs> we had ordered it by
3: then.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and so it didn't take much convincing. But also, I finally plugged it in and you know i had been using some different fuzzes before and you know got the job done or whatever but i plugged that thing in and like immediately was like here it is this is the this is like the sweetest fuzz tone i've been looking for just personally Mm -hmm. it it checked all the boxes super simple i don't like a lot of knobs you know and sounded great right away and of course it was like a, a pizza I was just, I was just waiting. And <laughs> the
0: show after that, everyone always asks. So what, the it, guy always asks, "What like, is oh, that pizza? What the huh? heck
2: is that pizza on your, on your, uh, your pedal board?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was actually part of the like. That was part of mm-hmm. the whole concept because you know, Grant and I were like, if we're yeah. at a show, of course we're right. looking at the pedal board right. if we can see it, right? Guaranteed right. we're going to look, and if I see a piece of yeah. pizza mm-hmm.
2: on there. If I can't talk to the guy, I'm <laughs> okay, at least yeah, taking a picture right.
1: of it and like what, finding out later what like, heck, what's going on. What's
2: going on there? You know, it, and with me, mm-hmm. like I've got such a weird setup with like this weird hybrid baritone guitar, bass amp thing that people are always just checking. They're already, They're already checking curious, stuff out, right? You know? And now since I've yeah. had the pizza on there, it's that has has taken over. Honestly, I'm I'm surprised that's the number one. <laughs> what's the pizza? And then like, and what's up with your guitar? What the hell? What's going on? But, um, yeah, no, it's really cool. I, I love rocking it, and I keep joking with people that it does absolutely nothing. But when I step on it, twenty minutes later, pizza will be delivered to the stage. <laughs> hey, I wish. If I we wish could, we had we could that build superpower. That into the next version,
0: would... <laughs> call your nearest. Delivery. It calls delivery for you.
1: Yeah, it's just. Oh, we need a pepperoni! <laughs> right, Quick, right. get it here! Yeah, no, we're gonna
2: uh, we're gonna have a Pepe's Pizza battle next. <laughs>
1: <sighs> well, if you if you guys ever come to Portland, uh, it it shocks a lot of East Coasters. To, I've I've gotten a, the opportunity to take some friends to some very very specific yeah. spots. See, it's that's the difference. Is like Portland has a lot of really right. good pizza, but it's not like New York or something where you can just be like, uh, that one over right, there is probably right, right. good. You know, it's yeah. it's not like that. Like there's definitely, I mean, it's all pretty, you know, it's all right. pretty good, right? It's pizza. It can only get so terrible. Well, I say that there was a really terrible pizza place <laughs> in town that closed. Cause it was aw- it absolutely awful. It can happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I would literally, it was it was where I used to work, not at this pizza place, but close to it. It was the only place yeah. that would deliver where I worked at. So we would get it regularly. And I got to the point where I'd just shave all the toppings off and throw the crust
2: in there. <laughs> oh, no. It was so bad. Well, yeah we, <laughs> yeah, we showed up to a gig not too long ago. Actually, when we did the, the pizza video, we were going to a gig in New Jersey. And like on our rider, which usually nobody pays attention to our rider because you know, who does, but it, like our only requirements are pizza and whiskey and um mm-hmm. yeah solid and, i uh, knew i liked if, you guys if, and usually 98 like, percent of the time it doesn't happen but like the time that it does it's pretty good but um we showed up and the guy just had ordered like 20 pizzas and they were terrible they were so bad um but luckily oh, no. we had stopped at this place crispy pizza that i had been
0: eyeballing for a while so no. we just went outside and ate our own pizza. Yeah, we brought it we, <laughs> we brought it, we had pizza,
2: brought <laughs> our own pizza. We're like, thank God. But this is usually, part, always prepared. It's usually part of our of our <laughs> journey. It's like, all right, where are we going? Where and what pizza place is it taking us past right. where we can stop along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, if we know we you know we're going north, we can stop at this place. If we're going west, we can stop at this place. And South, there's no pizza. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. But, uh, uh, unless unless we stop uh, at Mepi's along the way. No, you, no, I know, but I mean, like, if you if you get to Nashville, there's Nashville's a, the a middle. You know, well, we did there. have some. We did. We did. Yeah, that's
1: true. Pizza uh, in Nashville, yeah, was, but
2: I think it's closed. A, yeah, it was a place called Soulshine. Uh, oh, I don't like know an about Alman that one. Brothers themed. It was cool. Bar, pizza place, music venue, which was right mm-hmm. up our alley. Okay, okay. this is checking yeah. all kinds of boxes for us. Uh, but they surprisingly had really good pizza, but I don't think yeah. they're there anymore. Yeah.
1: There's uh five points is like, like more classic, like right, New York yeah. style. Uh, and then there's a, a brewery that kind of, I think if I remember the story correctly, it just opened and then yeah, lockdown yeah. happened and they're like, what yeah. do we do? Like, uh, so they started yeah. making pizza. It's called Smith and Lentz brewing and it is right, phenomenal nice. pizza. Like really, really, nice. really good. Uh, and then there's uh, uh, an Italian restaurant called Napoli that uh, has great, like wood fired Italian style. Their Quattro Formaggi is yes. out of control, good. And then. Um, one more. Oh no, that one's close. So there's one actually used to be close to the string joy shop, like really close, called Joey's House of Pizza. And it was a full blown New York family. They nice. go in there, they yes. like, yell at you. <laughs> yeah. Like See, the whole that's the whole what nine I'm yards. About.
2: Like need uh, around, uh, around uh, here, we eat around around here, we're always mm-hmm. joking that like we go to these Italian places and we love it when like the people they're not being rude. They're just it's like it's like tough love almost you know you come in and they're like they have expectations <laughs> from you you know and if you're messing around it's like no bs you know
0: peppy yeah, at peppy's if you it's, didn't know your order when the lady got to your table she was leaving yeah she wasn't looking at you
2: even this even this this place park lane like we call them up we, we've ordered there a mi- literal million times and they still give us the same like yeah okay it uh, will be ready all right you know and like um, mm-hmm. and it's something that, uh, makes us feel really, really, I don't know. It's like, it's like, you feel like you're at home in some place like that. They, they have to give you a little bit of a <laughs> hard time, you know, <laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah. At Joey's, uh, you know, there was, there was a system, right? You had to follow by the system. Like you go to this line, you order your pizza, right. you make your way through. Then if you want a salad, you order the pi- salad from this guy. And I we sent somebody to go in there and they like went up to the salad guy (laughs) to order. And and I think that was the owner, if I remember. That might have been Joey himself. And he just like stared at him. He's like, (laughs) What are you doing? And and he's like, What got and and he's like, I'd like to order a pizza. He's like, This is a salad ordering po- spot. Like, yeah. what are you doing here? You're like, go down I- there. That's where you <laughs> order the pizza. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's like, oh, sorry. There's just a guy behind the counter. I didn't know there was if specific you want guys. A real it's, New York a-
2: experience. It's like that's what it's like living in New York in the Northeast. Really, you know, yeah. you kind of have this like hard-edge attitude that yeah
0: or like the mobster room in the chicago one's always downstairs it doesn't have a mobster room yeah
2: yeah
0: is it (laughs) it a a real italian place i don't know
2: (laughs) is there a back room where shady deals can happen
1: yeah because i got shady (laughs) deals to do mostly with pepperoni but uh (laughs) exactly (laughs) Well, dudes, this was yeah. a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much uh, for, appreciate for coming on, letting
2: us come on and talk you off.
0: Yeah,
1: I loved it. I loved every second of it. So uh, maybe we'll do a little more on Patreon. Oh, what do sure. you say? Do it.
2: I'm, I'm, my mouth is salivating cool. over here. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, and eat. It's fine. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. But, all right, everybody.
1: For Steve and Nick, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. Alrighty, folks, there it is. There you have it. And there it goes. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And again, I just wanted to reiterate the Patreon bonus for this week is absolutely bananas. It is so good. It's one of my favorite ones we've done in a very long time. We, I guess we is in me, but yeah, the Royal We. It is genuinely so much fun. And there are so many episodes back there for you. If you at all have been thinking about supporting the show, This is a good week to do so. And if that's not in the cards for you, I totally understand. But I do want to ask yet again, please share this with somebody. Share this with a friend. Share this with a family member. Somebody that you think would like this episode or any other episode. Just pick your favorite episode and force your friends to listen to it. Just put it on their device and be like, I'm not going to speak to you again until you listen to this podcast. Something. You might have to get really insistent about it or whatever. Just ask them nicely, do whatever you got to do, but try to get them to listen to this show because that is how this thing keeps going. Everyone that has shared, everyone that has ever introduced this to one of their friends, it is a massive help. So please, please, please keep doing that. That's what keeps me going. And I very much appreciate everyone who does. Alrighty, folks, I will talk to you very soon. Don't forget to check out all the links for the brother's stuff in the show notes, and I'll talk to you on the internet. everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, There's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring and he makes it simple and his customer service is top notch and I can't say enough good things about Gun Street as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about and the product is top notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them and I could not be happier. So go to
0: GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.